Hello, everyone, and welcome to Third Eye with Lorelai. I'm your host, Lorelai, where we talk all things metaphysics. Workers out there, welcome back to Third Eye with Lorelai. I'm so excited that you're all here with me again. I've had a really cool week this week, you guys. So first thing, I did not eat my entire tub of Nutella. That is a huge win for me. <laughs> I know you guys are probably eye rolling me real hard right now, but I did it. I did not eat the whole thing, so I'm so excited. <laughs> I still have some left. to enjoy for this week. The other thing is, is I met with an amazing medium and her name is Samantha and she did the most incredible reading on me and it was over Zoom. I mean, I kind of thought that you had to do this sort of thing face to face with another person, but she did the most incredibly accurate, most amazing reading on me over zoom so i'm like just totally amazed and floored and so grateful that i had this time to share with samantha and i really hope that maybe i can um, convince her to come on to my show for an interview because that was such an incredible reading for me (laughs) and i really want her to share on uh, the show with you guys because I think that you guys would all really absolutely adore her. So we'll see if maybe we can get her on here. The other thing that I did was I learned how to do sigils this week. I mean, that is literally one of the coolest things ever. So there's difference between runes, which is like what you see in Norse mythology and some other You can see it in Celt mythology, but mostly with Norse mythology, it's like these different kind of shaped looking things that usually mean certain words or elements, but sigils are actually intentions and you can create sigils by writing out an intention that you need. So for instance, I made a sigil that said, I am confident, I am strong. And you blank out all of the repeating letters and then you assign each letter. So intuitively you pick a number, one through however many, usually the lower the number, the better. So in this case, I chose nine and you write out one through nine and then you just put each letter of the alphabet underneath the numbers. So, you know, one through nine, then you go A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, and then you go back under the one, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, and then back under again. So you would have A, J, and S under one, B, K, T under two, and so forth and so forth. So then you would line up the singular letters that weren't repeating, and you put each number of that lines up underneath 
the letters that you made and you create a circle and you intuitively put the numbers around the circle how, wherever you feel it's good and then you take the number that's underneath each letter and then you just connect them and I'll put this on the Facebook page so that you guys can see what I'm talking about Fernie whoever actually showed me how to do this so huge shout out to Fernie whoever this is so cool I absolutely love this so if you like make essential oils or if you make different items that are usually made from plants or oils or whatever and you want to put some amazing affirmations into it a sigil would be such a cool way of infusing or imbuing this item that you create with positive intentions so anyhow i'll put this on the facebook page for you guys to check out because it is really really cool so let's go on to start <laughs> start the podcast. So I chose this week for you guys, I chose two crystals. I chose carnelian and kyanite. And we'll start as always with the crystals for beginners book by Karen Frazier. And this is what she says about carnelian. Carnelian is a variety of chalcedony, which is in the quartz family. Carnelian is associated with boldness and courage, and using this crystal can help strengthen weaknesses, physical and emotional, improve luck, and attract prosperity. As a stone of the sacral chakra, carnelian can also help strengthen your sense of self, as well as temper excessive ego. Traditionally, carnelian has also been used to help vocalists and public speakers by bringing strength and power to the voice. Carnelian originates in Brazil and Iceland, India and Peru. It comes in natural, tumbled, polished and cut shapes. It absorbs energy. It comes in colors of brownish orange to red orange. Deals with the root chakra, which is the red orange color and the orange brown orange color are the sacral chakra. To place Carnelian, you want it on or near your belly button as a bracelet near the root chakra. Carnelian helps with courage, security, and safety, willpower, determination, returning passion to relationships, developing a healthy sense of self, focusing on the present moment, overcoming abuse, protection against envy, and boosting energy. Carnelian works well with clear quartz, malachite, and sardonyx. To boost your energy, you want to wear this crystal when you're working out or keep a piece at your desk at work to help maintain energy throughout the day. Since carnelian boosts energy, you probably don't want to keep it near your bed. So that's what Karen Frazier has to say about carnelian. So let's move on to the crystal Bible with Miss Judy Hall and see what she has to say about carnelian. So carnelian comes in colors of red, orange, pink, and brown. It's small, translucent, pebble-like, often water-worn or tumbled. It's very common, so it shouldn't be super expensive at your local crystal shop. It's sourced out of Britain, India, the Czech Republic, Slovakia, Peru, Iceland, and Romania. Carnelian grounds and anchors you in the present reality. A stabilizing stone with high energy, it is excellent for restoring vitality and motivation and for stimulating creativity. It is useful for dramatic pursuits. Carnelian has the ability to cleanse other stones. Psychologically, 
Carnelian imparts an acceptance of the cycle of life and removes fear of death. In ancient times, it was used to protect the dead on their journey to the afterlife. That reminds me of, I can't remember which one, I think it's Roman or Greek mythology where they put the the pennies or the coins on the eyes of the dead in order for them to have safe passage on the boatmen to the underworld. Do you guys remember that? Anyway, that's what it reminded me of. Anyway, Carnelian gives courage, promotes positive life choices, dispels apathy, and motivates for success in business and other matters. Carnelian is useful for overcoming abuse of any kind. The stone helps you to trust yourself and your perceptions. It gets to the bottom of what makes you tick, overcomes negative conditioning, and encourages steadfastness. Mentally, Carnelian improves analytic abilities and clarifies perception. It removes extraneous thoughts in meditation and tunes daydreamers into everyday reality. It sharpens concentration and dispels mental lethargy. Emotionally, this stone is a powerful protector against envy, rage, and resentment, yours or other people's. It calms anger and banishes emotional negativity, replacing it with love of life. For healing, carnelian is full of the life force and vitality. It stimulates the metabolism. Carnelian activates the base chakra, influences the female reproductive organs, and increases fertility. This stone overcomes frigidity and impotence. It heals lower back problems, rheumatism, arthritis, neuralgia, and depression, especially in those of advanced years. It regulates bodily fluids and the kidneys, accelerates healing in bones and ligaments, stanches blood. Okay, so in the book, it legit says stanches. I promise I'm not saying it weird. <laughs> I, I wanted to say staunches because, you know, when you staunch a wound of bleeding, you know, that makes sense. But it, it, it literally says stanch. So yeah, we're just, we're just going to go with that. Okay, we're moving on. Carnelian improves the absorption of vitamins and minerals and ensures a good supply of blood to organs and tissues. For good positioning, use as a pendant or belt buckle or place in contact with the skin as appropriate. Carnelian near the front door invokes protection and invites abundance into the home. So there are specific colors with carnelian. So that goes over in addition to the generic attributes, the following colors have additional properties. Pink carnelian improves the parent-child relationship. It helps to restore love and trust after abuse or manipulation. Then there's red carnelian, which warms and energizes. It is particularly useful for combating sluggishness and for invigorating the mind and body. So that's pretty much carnelian. So let's move on to kyanite. And we'll go back to the Crystals for Beginners book by Karen Frazier. And this is what she says about kyanite. While blue is the most common color of kyanite, it also comes in yellow, green, black, and orange. It is a brittle stone that is often blade-shaped, which makes it a good worry stone for rubbing your thumb across. Kyanite never needs cleansing because it doesn't hold energy. It just facilitates its movement. This is also why neither absorption nor amplification is noted for this crystal. It originates in Brazil. It comes in shapes of natural blades, tumbled, polished, carved, and cut. Its colors are black, blue, which is the most common, gray, green, orange, yellow, and white. 
Black or gray is associated with the root. Orange, sacral. Yellow, the solar plexus. Green, for the heart. Blue for the throat. And the third eye is white. Or, oh, I'm sorry, blue is the throat or the third eye. And the white version is for the crown. To place correctly, you want to put it on any of the corresponding chakras in your hand as a worry stone. Kinite helps with creating pathways from one thing to another, clearing blockages, getting you out of a rut, facilitating communication, particularly blue, loyalty and fairness, memory recall, and grounding, which is the black version of kinite. Kinite works well with all colors of kinite between two crystals to help facilitate movement of one energy to the other. Use kyanite between other crystals in a grid to facilitate energy flow from one crystal to the next. So that's what Karen Frazier says about kyanite. So let's see what Miss Judy Hall has to say about kyanite. Kyanite comes in blue, white, pink, green, yellow, gray, and black. It's usually striated, bladed crystal, maybe transparent or opaque, and pearlized, and it comes in all sizes. It's pretty readily available, so you can usually find it in any crystal shop, and it's sourced out of Brazil. Kyanite is excellent for attunement and meditation. It is tranquilizing and a powerful transmitter and amplifier of high-frequency energies, stimulating psychic abilities and the intuition. With its ability to tune into the causal level, this stone can help spiritual energy to manifest in thought. This crystal connects to spirit guides and instills compassion. Grounding spiritual vibrations, it brings spiritual integrity and maturation. It facilitates dream recall and promotes healing dreams. Kyanite is helpful for those making the transition through death. Kyanite instantly aligns the chakras and subtle bodies, clearing the pathways and meridians. It restores chi to the physical body and its organs. In healing, it stabilizes the biomagnetic field after clearing and transformation. As kyanite does not hold negativity, it never requires cleansing. Psychologically, kyanite encourages speaking one's truth, cutting through fears and blockages. Opening the throat chakras, the stone encourages self-expression and communication. It cuts through ignorance and opens to spiritual and psychological truth. Kyanite slices through confusion and dispels blockages, illusion, anger, frustration, and stress. It increases the capacity for logical and linear thought, stimulates the higher mind, and links into the causal level. Spiritually, kyanite assists in detaching from the idea of blind fate or implacable karma. It shows the part played by the self in creating causes and the measures required to balance the past. Kyanite facilitates the ascension process by drawing the light body down into the physical realm and connecting the higher mind to the highest frequencies. For healing, kyanite treats muscular disorders, fevers, the urogenital system, thyroid and parathyroid, adrenal glands, throat, and brain. A natural pain reliever, it lowers blood pressure and heals infections. It releases excess weight, supports the cerebellum and the motor responses of the body. Kyanite helps to balance yin-yang energy. To position, you want to do it as appropriately, particularly between the navel and heart, and you want to wear it as a pendant. Specific colors, so in addition to the generic attributes, the following colors have additional properties. Blue kyanite strengthens the voice and heals the throat and the larynx, useful for performers and public speakers. 
black kyanite grounds the body when aligning the chakras and during or after meditation. So that's pretty much it for the crystals of the week. So I hope you guys find some goodness and good use out of those two. So let's move on to the quote of the week. And this is by the late and wonderfully great Maya Angelou. Hope and fear cannot occupy the same space. Invite one to stay. So let's move on to the topic of the week. And I was really kicking around quite a few things this week to pick for the topic. And for some reason, I just got caught up on one thing. And it just sort of reaffirmed itself when I had this reading with Samantha. And she had mentioned that Kuan Yin had come into her protective sphere, or at least my protective sphere, my energy. And I wanted to really talk about her because I think she is probably one of the most profound ascended masters of all time. <laughs> so let's talk about Kuan Yin. Kuan Yin is the goddess of compassion and mercy. And I, I pulled up a couple of different articles on her. And the first one is from www.crystallinks.com forward slash kuanyin.html. And this is what they say about her. For centuries, Kuan Yin has epitomized the great ideal of Mahayana Buddhism in her role as Bodhisattva, or the Chinese Pusa, literally a being of Bodhi or enlightenment, who is destined to become a Buddha, but has foregone the bliss of Nirvana with a vow to save all children of God. Kuan Yin carries the goddess and divine mother aspect of Buddhism, the same goddess and divine energy carried by the Virgin Mary in Christianity. In the Egyptian mysteries, it is carried by Isis. In Hinduism, it is carried by Shakti, wife of Vishnu, by Parvati, wife of Shiva, by Radha, wife of Krishna, and by Sita, wife of Rama. Kuan Yin's name is a translation of the Sanskrit name of her chief progenitor, which is, ooh, I even looked this up. Let's see if I can do it right. <sighs> Avalokit Savara. <laughs> I'm sorry if I said that wrong. <laughs> I'm doing my best. Avalokit Savara, also known as Avalokita. In its proper form, it is Quan Shi Yin, which means she who hearkens to the cries of the world. In Korea, Japan, and China, she is called Kuan Yin. She is a celestial bodhisattva and an ascended master. One of her jobs in the celestial spheres is to sit on the board of the Lord of Karma. Buddhist mythology tells of Avalokitesavras being born from a ray of light that sprang from Amitabha Buddha's right eye. He immediately said, Om Mani Padma Hum. This is one of the mantras by which he can be invoked in Buddhist tradition. Avalokitesavra came to be known as by most Tibetans as Buddha's earthly representation and as chief guardian of the Dharma or doctrine until the advent of Maitreya Buddha. Avalokitesavra and Kuan Yin are embodiments of compassion. 
She is roughly equivalent to green Tara in Tibetan Buddhism. In Tibetan Buddhism, Kuan Yin is seen in her male form as Avalokitsabra. Some feel that the current Dalai Lama is an incarnation of Avalokitsabra. It is thought that the female form of Avalokitsabra, Kuan Yin, originates in the 12th or 13th century in both China and Japan. The Sadharma Pundarika Sutra affirms that Avalokitsavra had 357 incarnations. Boy, can you imagine incarnating 357 times? <laughs> that's a lot of lessons, guys. That's, that's a lot of lives to live on this earth. 357. I'd be so tired. I'd be, I'd be so done. After like maybe 30, but 357. That's so many lives. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, let's, let's keep going. Kuan Yin is one of the most universally beloved of deities in the Buddhist tradition, also known as Kuan Yin, Kuan Am from Vietnam, Kanan from Japan, and Kanin from Bali. She is the embodiment of compassionate, loving kindness. As the Bodhisattva of compassion, she hears the cries of all beings. Kuan Yin enjoys a strong resonance with the Christian Mary, the mother of Jesus, and the Tibetan goddess Tara. In many images, She's depicted carrying the pearls of illumination. Often, Kuan Yin is shown pouring a stream of healing water, the waters of life, from a small vase, or vase, however you say it. With this water, devotees and all living things are blessed with physical and spiritual peace. She holds a sheaf of ripe rice or a bowl of rice seed as a metaphor for fertility and sustenance. The dragon, an ancient symbol for high spirituality, wisdom, strength, and divine powers of transformation, is a common motif found in combination with the goddess of mercy. Sometimes, Kuan Yin is represented as a many-armed figure, with each hand either containing a different cosmic symbol or expressing a specific ritual position or mudra. This characterizes the goddess as the source and sustenance of all things. Her cupped hands often form the yoni mudra, symbolizing the womb as the door for entry to this world through the universal female principle. Kuan Yin, as a true enlightened one, or Bodhisattva, vowed to remain in the earthly realms and not enter the heavenly world until all other living things have completed their own enlightenment and thus become liberated from the pain-filled cycle of birth, death, and rebirth. There are numerous legends that recount the miracles which Kuan Yin performed to help those who call on her. Like Artemis, she is a virgin goddess who protects women, offers them a religious life as an alternative to marriage, and grants children to those who desire them. The goddess of mercy is unique among the heavenly hierarchy in that she is so utterly free from pride or vengefulness that she remains reluctant to punish even those to whom a severe lesson might be appropriate. Individuals who could be sentenced to dreadful penance in other systems can attain rebirth and renewal by simply calling upon her graces with utter and absolute sincerity. It is said that even for one kneeling beneath the executioner's sword already raised to strike, a single heartfelt cry to Bodhisattva Kuan Yin will call the blade to fall shattered to the ground. 
The many stories and anecdotes featuring the goddess serve to convey the idea of an enlightened being who embodies the attributes of an all-pervasive, all-consuming, unwavering, loving compassion, and who is accessible to everyone. Kuan Yin counsels us by her actions to cultivate within ourselves those particular refined qualities that all beings are said to naturally possess in some vestigial form. Contemplating the goddess of mercy involves little dogma or ritual. The simplicity of this gentle being and her standards tends to leave her devotees towards becoming more compassionate and loving themselves. A deep sense of service to all fellow beings naturally follows any devotion to the goddess. The name Quan Shi Yin, as she is often called, means literally the one who regards, looks on, or hears the sounds of the world. According to legend, Quan Yin was about to enter heaven, but paused on the threshold as the cries of the world reached her ears. Scholars believed that the Buddhist monk and translator, Kumarajiva, was the first to refer to the female form of Kuan Yin in his Chinese translation of the Lotus Sutra in 406 AD. Of the 33 appearances of the Bodhisattva referred to in his translation, seven are female. Devoted Chinese and Japanese Buddhists have since come to associate the number 33 with Kuan Yin. Although Kuan Yin was still being portrayed as a male as late as 10th century, with the introduction of Tantric Buddhism into China in the 8th century during the Tang Dynasty, the image of the celestial Bodhisattva as a beautiful white-robed goddess was predominant, and the devotional cult surrounding her became increasingly popular. By the 9th century, there was a statue of Kuan Yin in every Buddhist monastery in China. Despite the controversy over the origins of Kuan Yin as a feminine being, the depiction of a bodhisattva as being both god and goddess is not consistent with Buddhist doctrine. The scriptures explain that a bodhisattva has the power to embody in any form, male, female, child, even animal, depending on the type of being he is seeking to save. As the Lotus Sutra relates, the bodhisattva Kuan Shi Yin by resort to a variety of shapes, travels in the world, conveying the beings to salvation. The 12th century legend of the Buddhist saint Mao Sha, the Chinese princess who lived in about 700 BC and is widely believed to have been Kuan Yin, reinforced the image of Bodhisattva as a female. During the 12th century, Buddhist monks settled on Pu To Shan, the sacred island mountain in the Chusan Archipelago off the coast of Chekang, where Mao Shan is said to have lived for nine years, healing and saving sailors from shipwreck and devotion to Kuan Yin spread throughout northern China. This picturesque island became the chief center of worship of the compassionate savoress. Crowds of pilgrims would journey from the remotest places in China and even from Manchuria, Mongolia, and Tibet to attend stately services there. At one time, there were more than a hundred temples on the island and over 1,000 monks. The lore surrounding Puto Island recounts numerous appearances and miracles performed by Kuan Yin, who, it is believed, reveals herself to the faithful in a certain cave on the island. In the Pure Land sect of Buddhist, Kuan Yin forms part of a ruling triad that is often depicted in temples and is a popular theme in Buddhist art. In the center is the Buddha of boundless light, Amitabha, Chinese Amitofo, 
Japanese Amida. To his right is the Bodhisattva of Strength or Power. Maha oh man, gosh, you guys, the, the names just don't get any easier. Mahasathamprapta. <laughs> I really hope I'm saying that right. Probably not. <laughs> and to his left is Kuan Yin, personifying his endless mercy. In Buddhist theology, Kuan Yin is sometimes depicted as the captain of the bark of salvation, guiding souls to Amitabha's western paradise or pure land, the land of bliss where souls may be reborn to receive continued instruction towards the goal of enlightenment and perfection. Their journey to pure land is frequently represented in woodcuts, showing boats full of Amitabha's followers under Kuan Yin's companionship. So this, this goes on for quite a bit more but just for the length of the podcast, and I hope that none of you are falling asleep because I find this to be extremely interesting, but I just don't want to be continuing to read things at you for the whole thing. So Kuan Yin is the protectress of women, sailors, merchants, craftsmen, and those under criminal prosecution even, and is invoked particularly by those desiring progeny. She's beloved as a mother figure and divine woman who is very close to the daily affairs of her devotees. Kuan Yin's role as a Buddhist Madonna has been compared to that of Mary, the mother of Jesus in the West. So I feel like even if you're a man, I feel like Kuan Yin is one of the pinnacles of somebody that you can call on when you need compassion and heart healing and mercy in your life if you've done wrong or if someone else has done wrong and you just need some compassion and forgiveness and mercy in your life if you need heart healing this is a ascended master that you could call upon amongst all the archangels and your spirit guides that are constantly surrounding each and every one of you light workers out there Kuan Yin is one of those that would be a powerful representation of breaking down the walls that could be surrounding your heart from past trauma or from maybe something has happened to you in your life where you have just put up walls because you don't have any trust in others because of some of those things that have occurred to you. I feel like having the courage to call upon Kuan Yin to help you break down some of those walls and some of those barriers to ascend farther to forgive and to have mercy even if it's on just yourself. I think that Kuan Yin is a powerful representation and a wonderful helper of that work if you need that to happen in your life. And I know that having her on my side just from a personal aspect is extremely profound because I can't tell you how many times it has been a challenge for me to have some of the walls around my own heart and be able to trust others more freely because of the things that have happened in my own life and being able to recognize that and call upon someone who can really challenge those boundaries and to allow my heart to continue loving and trusting others regardless of those boundaries that I feel may have separated me from others who could help me move forward is huge. So I hope that you guys 
out there listening to this podcast can take the time in your amazing meditative practices to call upon Kuan Yin. And I'm going to shout out really quick to Heather Spencer because she contacted me and said, hey, you didn't do a guided meditation for Beltane and you usually do a meditation for each of the wheels of the year and she's so right I didn't do one and I'm so sorry about that you guys as for all of you that really enjoy the guided meditations I am truly sorry about that <laughs> so listen for the next episode I am going to make sure that I have a guided meditation written out for you and it is going to be amazing I hope it knocks you right on your enlightened butts and you're going to love it so <laughs> Anyhow, uh, I will leave you with that for now, knowing that next week you will have that guided meditation and you are going to love it. And I hope that during that time, you can ready your hearts and break down some of those barriers and show a little mercy to that loving and tender heart of yours that's just waiting to hear what Kuan Yin has to say and let her just open every part of you up to trust and love in all the things that are coming your way from the universe. So for now, I think that we're pretty much done. And I really look forward to talking to you guys next week with the guided meditation, Heather. I promise it'll be there. (laughs) And yeah, enjoy this beautiful weather that we're having. Do some amazing things. Go outside and garden. Do some stuff with your family that you're still inside with go outside and play in the in the sunshine and enjoy some amazing meditative practice and i really look forward to talking to you next week and live in all that love and light to every single one of you and i will talk to you guys again next week
If you find yourself interested in receiving an intuitive tarot reading, contact me at 3rdeyelorelei at gmail.com or you can message me on my Instagram at 3rd.eye.with.lorelei or on Facebook at Third Eye with Lorelei Podcast to set up a reading. I can do Zoom or we can meet in person as long as we are wearing those face masks and practicing social distancing just to be safe. As always, love and light to you all, and I look forward to reading you soon.